this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. This call is being recorded. I'm going to get started in one minute. You're going to call this on for your side, right? Uh, yeah, I just need to make sure we have a copy of GarageBand. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to do the same again, but I haven't, I haven't saved the okay. pages marked. Primary is with the reading of the group, and then I will bounce into these uh, three other scriptures. And I don't know what else he may give me because he was popping in my mind as I was going through. And then I had to stop because I know the way I work, if I hit all of them, mm-hmm. I'll start reading from this thing, and then the kid will be moved by me. So. <laughs> So I just said, let's just back up. I got enough to start it. Yeah, I <laughs> so she won't be moved by me. And I can search for them while you're speaking. Are we good? Mm-hmm. We're ready whenever you are, Pastor. You need us laughing. <laughs> All right. Go for it. Start with uh, opening prayer, Father God, in the name of Jesus, even as we come before you this day. Lord, I lift up everyone that to listen to this message. I ask that their hearts be changed as a result of what you're bringing forth this day. I ask that your perfect and divine will go forward in each and every one of them and that lives are changed, hearts are restored, but most of all, that they deal with the things that are currently coming forth in their space, that they may be able to walk in total maturity in all areas. In Christ Jesus' name, I pray. Lord, I just welcome Holy Spirit into this place. Lord, I welcome you in this place right now that you may begin to saturate your people and move within each and every one of their hearts that they may be able to receive all that you have called forth this day. And Lord, I just ask that the meal that you provided this day may be nourishing to their soul and not only nourishing to their soul, but it may change lives as we move forward in Christ Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I always look to you to see if there's anything else that I may pray, anything that I have missed. I pray even now for the wisdom to deal with the issues that will be shared as a result of the message. I pray for understanding and that there be no more excuses moving forward and that we deal with ourselves and not look back at what others have done to us. 
I pray as a result of what you hear today that you focus on the kingdom and not on your situation. And as the situation do arise, that you deal with it as they come rather waiting to the time where you choose not to really dig down and dig deep into the hard issues. Father God, let your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, so we're in Luke 3, and I praise God for the message today because just based on what he was sharing with me, Luke 3 was something that was really funny to me because, you know, as I sit before God early morning, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, my Sunday morning starts off funny to me, and the reason why it starts off funny, because I'll set an alarm, I'm up at 6 o'clock, and I got up at 6 o'clock this morning, and as I began to go in and out of sleep, I'll laugh because I went in and out of sleep. I began to listen to some of the messages that I was hearing on the airway that was coming from other pastors, and I just really wanted to see what was out there and how closely are they aligned with you. And, you know, what I definitely seen on TV was most of the people repaying messages, you know, that was already pre-recorded. So the first thing I look is to she look at the audience and I see tons of people still sitting in assemblies. And so I automatically know this is a recorded message that they're replaying or they're playing for this particular time and hour. And so it's not the actual message, I would say, at this time and hour in which Christ is actually speaking to us that we all need to gravitate towards and begin to make the life changes in order to stand in position and the things that God has called for us to operate in. And so with that, um, I pulled away from that and I came down to my comfortable place and I began to get into a place and ask the Lord truly, you know, what he wanted to basically talk about. And when he gave me Luke 3, I was like, oh, wow, that's easy. That's John the Baptist, okay? But um, I think as you hear the message coming forward, you'll be able to understand uh, the things that he is actually speaking to us in order to bring us into the place that he is calling for all of us to walk in. Ready? Yeah. So, Billy, I know those messages just came through. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Luke chapter 3. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. There will be lots of scriptures, so have your Bibles handy. Um, put some Vaseline on your thumbs and fingers so you can flip the pages. <laughs> it says, uh, Luke 3, verse 1. Now, in the 15th hour, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, in the 15th year, of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee and his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria and of the region of Trachonitis and Lysanias, the tetrarch of Abilene, Annas and Caiaphas being the high priest the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness, and he came into all the country above Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. 
as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. I'll stop you right there. And so this morning when I was listening to the spirit of the Lord, he was literally, you know, in order for me to get something to share with you guys, I have to look at something and I have to constantly look at it over and over. And so when looking at the actual scripture, the first part of uh, this message, it says the voice of the Lord crying uh, in the wilderness, make his path straight. And so what Christ is basically crying out to us asking us to make his path straight. And that in order to make the path straight, we have to begin to do some self-reflections and begin to look at some of the things that we have going on in our own lives and begin to speak to these things and really deal with some of the things that's constantly going on on the inside of us. And so when he's speaking of making his path straight, uh, there's, work that each person has to do in order to make the path straight. And so I would give you an example. You know, uh, when I used to look to the Lord, I used to believe that, oh gosh, any situation that I had going on on the inside of me, if I just gave it to the Lord, the Lord would fix it and it would automatically align itself at its appointed time or hour. And I would literally think that God was going to fix me. And and I think a lot of us have that understanding that our Lord is going to fix us. There's some things he does fix, but there's other things that we are required to walk through and fix ourselves. And that means sometimes dealing with the situation, really understanding what that situation may look like and really walking through that and bringing about a change. And and, and bringing about that right change is to understand why do you do some of the things that you do. I think uh, if any of you guys tuned in to uh, Friday's message, he was basically talking about how we're constantly coming to him, repenting for sin over and over and over. When you're constantly coming back and forth and you're repenting for the same things over and over, eventually you're gonna have to stop and look at why you keep repenting for the same thing because of the various reasons you haven't dealt with something that's going on on the inside of you that's causing you to keep coming back and asking for repentance. You know, uh, there's a point in time that we are held accountable because we shouldn't always be in that place where, oh, I messed up, I'm sorry, Lord, I messed up, I'm sorry, Lord, okay. God does require that we then take a step back, look at some of these things, and then begin to work through some of these actual issues. You know, uh, I would truly give an example of something like, uh, say, for instance, if I always get angry, you know, why is it that I'm always getting angry? What is, what is it that causes me to always be in that place of anger? That means stopping, really assessing when I'm angry, or, or better yet, when I'm not angry, going back and look at what triggered it, you know? What caused me to move out of a place where I'm totally in a place with our Lord and move into a place where I'm totally allowing anger to basically be my God. And so he was literally making sure this morning as I was talking to him and saying, hey, you put this responsibility on me and I'm asking you to take on this responsibility to begin to change some of the things that's going on in your space. 
and really understand some of the dynamics that exist in your life and take a stand against that. And in taking that stand against that, that means I want you to do something different. Okay, I'll give you the simple example. You know, in my family line, there is a lot of abuse of drugs. I have taken a stand against that and I have fought within me not to basically do drugs. That's me taking a stand. I don't do anything. I don't get involved in it. I've never ever touched it because of what I've seen it, uh, what it has done within my family line. The same thing when it comes to anger, taking a stand against anger and really looking at it and seeing what is joined within you and your family line and, and really truly standing against whatever that's issue may be. I'm using anger because all of us can relate to that, but then truly saying, hey, I choose not to be in a place of anger. And really understanding when you're in this place, the body reacts to this stuff, and then it brings on other issues that we are dealing with, uh, and God is trying to keep us in that healthy state, and to be in that healthy state is to really, really, truly surrender these things but also deal with them as you surrender. Hopefully that makes sense. Okay, so as the Lord was saying to me, uh, pay attention to what I'm saying. So I'm gonna go over, you know, the first scripture, which uh, is 2 Corinthians uh, 13, uh, verse five. I have to flip to 2 Corinthians. Okay. Here we go. It says, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. And so it really saying here is to examine yourself. And that means to really begin to look at how you conduct yourself and truly determine whether or not Christ Jesus dwell on the inside of you. And that means taking a step back and really looking at your actions. What are you doing? How are you going forward in some of the things? Even uh, how you believe, okay? How do I perceive the word of God that is coming forth on the inside of me and whether or not the word of God that I'm walking in is true to me? And so when I was listening to him, when he began to say, examine yourself, I stopped for a moment and I said, well, what does that look like? It's assessing yourself from a spiritual standpoint. Remember back in the old days, what would Jesus do? That means having that type of assessment. Will, uh, if, if I'm truly walking in faith with him, Will I operate? Would he operate as such as I did? Yeah. And, and, and truly saying, would he be upset? Would yeah. he be in a point whereby, you know, he would be, you know, in a position where he would shut down as a result of the things that are coming forth? So truly, truly looking at it from a biblical perspective and truly aligning yourself to the true word. Hopefully you guys understand. Mm -hmm. And I'll move forward if there's no questions. At the end. Okay. And so the second one he gave me was Matthew 
1039. But before he gave me that, the first thing he said to me, he said, I never said that this walk was going to be easy. Hmm. And I think a lot of us believe that God's just going to come in and pop in at any point in our lives and just take away all the issues and we're just going to be perfect people. And that's not the way God works. He's given us power and authority to deal with the issues that comes forth from our flesh. And even in that, he said, uh, he talks about losing your life in order to find it. And so I'll go to Matthew 30, uh, 10, 39, Jamila. It says, he that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. And he said, you must deal with the excuses. So when he was talking to me this morning, he began to talk to me about all the excuses I made. I can't do this because I don't feel comfortable in this. I can't feel comfortable in this. I don't feel comfortable in that. And I have so many excuses that I go. Uh, even if somebody else is not standing, well, why should I even begin to stand up for them? If they're not doing what they're supposed to do, then how, why do I have to treat them different? Why do I have to stand different? Why do I have to do something different? Because they're not standing up. I'm going to treat them like they treat me, okay? And so even in that, He's saying you're supposed to treat them even better than you treat yourself, okay? So in that, God is really trying to get us to understand we can't make excuses for our behavior. And, and that's what we've been in these places to where we've been making excuses. Because I know I make a lot of excuses. Well, I've I got a billion and one excuses for certain situations. And these excuses extend from some of the stuff that I haven't dealt with. I think a lot of times we're looking for other people to change and God is looking to change us. Yeah. And that's where we have the biggest struggle because we're like, well, I'm not going to do that if they don't change. I'm not going to be kind and if this person don't do this. And, and God is saying, even if they don't do what they're supposed to do, you're supposed to do it. I'm stopping for a moment. Yeah. And, and, and so when you're looking at Luke 3 again, where it's talking about the valleys and the hills and all of that. Jamila, can you read that again? It's truly how they how these valleys and all these places become uh, leveled off is when you begin to deal with the things that's causing you problems. So Luke 3 verse 5 says, Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways shall be made smooth. Let's stop there, okay? So when you're sitting back and you're saying, wow, I don't have, you know, a, a straight path to go through. The reason why you don't have a straight path to go through is because you have things that are inside of you that's hindering you from basically having that feel in which God just flows fully and freely through. I think the Lord talks in his scripture about green pastures. You can find that scripture. And, and that's what he's basically talking about that, hey, we're supposed to have these beautiful places of rest, these beautiful places where we can just come and just find comfort and peace in him. But the reason why we don't have the comfort and peace that we truly desire 
is because we're not dealing with the things that are on the inside of us that causes continual hindrance in some fashion or, or way or another, or better yet, that it causes us to take the word of God and put it on the shelf. Because I know there's areas within myself that I take the word of God and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put the word of God over here. And I'm going to keep moving with the hope that the word of God comes off of the shelf and God fixes this. And there's some places in my life that I've been truly waiting on God to fix it for years. And I, I even have been in a place to where I've even said to the Lord, you're not the Lord because you haven't fixed this. And he's literally come back to me and say, it's not that I haven't fixed this. You haven't chose to deal with it. Your excuses are many. And that's where we live in a place where our excuses are many and, and we're expecting God to go through, decipher through our excuses and say, okay, let me just pop up a change for you. And here you go. Then you change everything that's right. I think as we mature, God puts more responsibility on us to do things. Hopefully you guys get that. I don't even say I think. As we mature, yeah. God puts more responsibility on us to do things that are in our spaces because he knows you're mature enough to do it. Yeah. But a lot of us still want to operate from that baby state where God did everything to woo you into the relationship. And we're saying, okay, fix this too, Lord, fix this too. And we've gotten into this waiting mode and we're waiting for God to do something. And God is sitting there saying, no, it's on you. It's on you. It's on you. And, and you're saying, no, it's not on me. It's on you. You, God, you know all things. You fix it. And that's not the relationship that we're in with him. Hopefully you guys get that because this morning when he said every valley, every uh, place to be made in its rightful place. And I was like, wow, because I got some high heels. I got some low valleys. I got some rough turf. I got all kinds of these things that are going on on the inside of me. And I have excuses tied to each one of them. And my excuses has to be on me. You know, uh, even sometimes I, I would say the most dangerous place to be in, and which I've learned over time, is somebody says, what you deserve. You deserve a better life. You deserve more. You deserve this. You deserve that. But what is my God saying I deserve? Why do I listen to what people say I deserve? Because when I begin to look to see what people say, oh, you deserve happiness. Oh, you deserve love. You deserve all of this stuff. But then the more I start gravitating to these things, I'm going to find love my way, not the Bible way. I'm going to find peace my way, not, the, uh, not my Lord's way. Because if I deserve these things, then I need to go to him because he should be, help me to obtain the things I deserve. But instead, I listen to the world, and guess what? I then hijack my life, and then I turn around and try to make these things come forward in me. And, and when I make these things come forward in me, what I'm saying to myself, I deserve this. I deserve better than this. I don't have to deal with you. I don't have to deal with this. I deserve it. So and then, guess what? I then set things up for myself. Hmm. Get what he's saying. Mm -hmm. You're expecting everything to be in its rightful place and you're expecting to be able to walk through in total peace. 
but you're not really willing to deal with the things going on. Self-preservation is nothing. Scripture even talks about self-preservation. And I know there's some areas of my life I have gotten into self-preservation. I'm trying to preserve me to the best of my ability and, 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 and I allow others to push me into a place where they tell me I deserve and I've listened to it. But I never asked God his opinion of the situation. And so I've been in my own light. And in that place, guess what? I'm finding myself in a place of constantly re repenting because I've taken matters into my own hands. Oops, I messed up again. Oops, you know, I, Lord, uh, I'm just going to ball this person out and then I'll apologize later. That's self-preservation. And that's not the place that God is calling us to walk in. And, and, and this is why he's trying to woo us back to him. Come on back. Come on back. Uh, but then as we come back, we got to take responsibility for some of the things that's going on. You know, I never forget, you know, uh, at one point in time when I was that new baby in Christ. And I, I just had so many issues against my, my parents. And then having these issues against my parents, I was like, Lord, they didn't do this and they didn't do that. And, and then God said, well, you do something different. I, I expected him to say, you are totally right. But instead, he said to me, you do something different. I, I, I recall one day, you know, sitting in my father's house and in my father's house, um, I'll call him daddy, okay, because I call my Lord father, okay. Then my daddy's house, okay, and 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 at one point of time he's not acknowledging something that i expected him to acknowledge and say something that i expected him as a father should say uh he in return you know you know offended me and i remember slamming the door and leaving and walking out and saying i'll never come back over to this house again in my life this man is crazy and the lord stopped and shared with me his fight and gave me insight into this man and allowed me to see this man from a different point. It's like, he's never been taught to love in the fashion in which you desire him to love you. He can't offer you something that's not in him. And so therefore, why are you holding him hostage in this place? It really, really made me stop. And I said, I don't care if he don't love me like this. I ain't going back over there. And Lord said, you're going to go back and you're going to love him. And you're going to operate from my viewpoint. And you're going to basically speak into him the things that you desire him to speak to you. And that truly changed my relationship with this man. It not only changed my relationship, but it allowed me to lead him into Christ by loving him the way I wanted to be loved. Yes. Renata says, God also wants love, happiness, and all good things for us. How do we differentiate what we deserve versus what God wants for us? If it, this is the reason how you can tell the difference between the two is when you do something and it hurts the other person. He told me to say that again. 
if you're not taking that other person into consideration and understanding where they're walking, what they're contending with, then we're missing God. Remember the word of God talks about loving our brothers as ourselves. And so if we're loving our brothers as ourselves, then we're understanding truly where they at. And we're truly seeking the Lord's best interest on their behalf. He told me to repeat that. We're truly seeking the Lord's best interest on their behalf. It's not looking for my best interest. Lord, how should I treat this person? Better yet, how should I treat Renata in this place? How do I cater to Renata the way you would like me to cater to her? And I would continue to cater to Renata, even if Renata turns around and says, well, stop it, stop it. I would still have to do it because this is what God says for me to do. Um, but that doesn't mean to let people walk all over you, right? Let's huh. the fine line in that. If God says for them to walk over you, then you let them walk. That's another scripture that basically tells you if your brother needs this cult, then you offer it to him. Remember, this is all about our relationship with God and we wooing others into the kingdom. And whatever it takes to get that person into the kingdom, we have to be willing to make that sacrifice. And that's what he's telling me. Whatever it takes to get that person into the kingdom, you have to make that sacrifice because he made that sacrifice for you. Amen. And that question was coming from Alina. You're not a follow-up question. She rewrote it, but at first it says, but what about when there is no one else involved? She said, our relationship with God is solely our personal walk. That was more of my question. Okay, but then when it comes to the relationship solely with God, okay, I need to get a better understanding. Yes. What do I what do I deserve in my relationship with God? Like what do I say I'm entitled to versus what has God promised me? I think is what she's kind of getting at. Come back with your um, question in a full sentence for us, Renata, and then I'll present it to Pastor. I'll let Pastor okay. Okay, because if you say, what do I deserve from Christ? I deserve only what he offers. I, I can't expect more. And I think that's where sometimes we just think we're going to have happy days. Happy days are here again, you know, that song. <laughs> and, and that's not necessarily true. You know, if you're truly walking this walk, there's not always going to be that happy day. Okay, but your peace and your happiness are found in Christ. Amen. Remember, we're in a battle, we're in a war. And people are being taken hostage by the enemy every day. Right. And it's going to be important that we understand how to bring them out of that place of hostage. And, and protect ourselves in the meantime by basically using our rightful armor of God to stand in the things that God has called forth. You know, I know I'm using a lot of scriptures, but hopefully you guys know the scriptures of what I'm saying, putting them on the full armor of God. Mm -hmm. And so really coming into full battle and understanding what that battle looks like. 
Uh, the word of God talks about losing your life, but gaining more. And I think that's one of the scriptures that I do have as uh, Matthew 16, 24 to 26. We have a better life in Christ when we yield to his word, yield to his understanding, but also follow the will of the Lord. So we can read that as well. Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And so when I begin to look at the lives of all the disciples that came before us, their life was full of Christ. There was no evidence of them existing in their relationship. You, all you seen was Christ. Hopefully you guys see that. So when you look at Peter's life, what do you think? It's all about Peter and the Lord. When you look at uh, Moses' life, it's all about Moses and the Lord, okay? When you look at Joshua, you just see nothing but Joshua coming forth to do the will of the Lord. So it's his life coming forth. I, I don't see the man. I don't see the stuff that we see. Oh, uh, like, like you say, oh, pastor and pastor freaking out. Oh, there was no freak out mode in them. And even if it was a freak out mode, they learned from it and they found Christ in the midst of it. Okay, some of the stuff that I do, you say, oh, that's just pastor, that's just pastor, but then it becomes, that's just you, that's just you. You know, the examples that we have before us is much greater than what we're looking at. And so I would truly say, when he said lose your life, that means you're finding a greater life in him and that life transcends this world. Mm -hmm. That's what he's talking about. And if your life is not transcending this world and you're not seeing things from a heavenly uh, viewpoint, then we're missing him. Hopefully that answers. So when you look at the promises and all the things that God has, yes, he wants all these things for you. And some of us have to have these things, but then some of us will never get that because of what we're required to do for him. I think we all just live in this fairy tale. And I think uh, uh, Apostle Ken shared about living in, you know, the fairy tale world, we need to come into a place of reality and understand this is a battle. This is real. This is life. Okay. Alice in Wonderland is not going to land down on your uh, plate and to truly change things and make it just a hoppity skippity place that you're looking for. It's just not going to work that way. And, and if you're looking at life the way it is, oh, the American dream, to have the home, to have this, to have that, but that's not God's dream. That's the American dream. Okay. And we need to really stop dreaming these false things and get into a place where we truly understand what God is asking us to do. And I, and I recognize, I ask all these questions when I want to do something. That's part of my excuse. Okay. So the excuses come from, well, what about this, Lord? What about that? That's just me sitting back saying, Oh, well, Lord, this is another thing that you're trying to get me to do, and I'm not ready to do it. So I'll make an excuse. You know, them people drive me crazy, okay? And, and, and he's saying, but you are already crazy. So it's just an excuse that comes behind 
something I don't want to do. So I don't know if we got her question. I think we answered your question, Renata, at the end. What Pastor did, I'm saying at the end. Um, she reworded it by saying, when it comes to our personal walk, how um, do we differentiate what God wants for us versus what we deserve? Which I think okay. answered that. And then, um, okay, precious answering it too. That's not a question. Okay, okay. But in understanding that, this morning as he was talking to me, he's like, are you all in? And I couldn't really truly answer that question because I think I'm all in, but there's some areas in my life that I know I'm not all in, okay? There's some things that I'm not willing to make that sacrifice, you know? And, and to make that sacrifice, meaning I'm not willing to stand up in some of the places, you know? Uh, uh, somebody asked me to do the craziest thing and to me I thought it was crazy because I would never do that go stand in the line and get something free and bring it to me and, 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 and to me like go stand in the line and get something free and bring it to you and I'm like I ain't doing that don't even bother to ask me to do something like that I'm not doing that and, and, and what goes on on the inside of my mind is I don't need it, so therefore you don't need it. And, 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 and the Lord literally asked me in that situation, but would you do that for that person? Nope. Okay? Nope. And my excuse is, they don't need it. And the Lord literally said, but showing love to that person is something that I desire you to do. By you going out of that uh, your way for that person, that helps that person. And you know what I went back to the Lord? Nope, they don't need it. And I just left it at that. And that was excuse that I made, even though the Lord said, but would you do it for me? I said, Lord, I just can't see it because it's going to sit here. It's going to waste my time. It's going to waste my day. I ain't going. And these are the little simple things that I do all the time. And then I turn around afterwards and say, oh, I repent. Oh, I repent. Forgive me. I repent. And, and the Lord is literally saying, because scripture says, will you go out of the way for somebody else? There's so many examples of people going out of the way for somebody else. And I don't know if you guys are somebody like me, you know, I'll see, you know, like on the TV, and I'll crack up laughing. I'll see all these things that's asking for money, and they show all of these crazy things. And I'm like, Lord, is that really real? Ah, that stuff ain't real. I'm not going to even deal with it. Lord, if it's real, you'll tell me which one to deal with. But I automatically dismiss it because in my mind, I make the excuse. I don't believe that every need is a need. But I don't even check with God to feel, find out if there's truly a need and if I'm supposed to do something. Hopefully that makes sense. So a question says, how do you show love or be the bigger person when someone is being used as a puppet in the enemy's camp to seek to harm and rub you? I guess maybe rub you the wrong way. Um, or energy drainer, wish you to add some. 
what the Lord says to me in that particular situation is go to him and ask him how to love on me. Amen. Go to him and ask him what to do. Because evidently what you're trying to do has hindered you and he has the best answer to how to handle the situation. And so that's where we have to go to him and get instructions on how to handle that person. And then another thing I have to ask, because I always ask, is this person here to sharpen me and strengthen me? Because even what I may be contending with with that person may be something that's strengthening me and making me a better person. So I have to pay attention to how I'm handling that particular situation because it may for me to offload something and God is trying to get something to me instead of me trying to get something to them. Hopefully that makes sense too. And it was a correction. She said rob you. But even in robbing you, <laughs> how can somebody rob you to, to the extent that you allow them? Again, you got to look at the Lord. That maybe they're supposed to rob you. Because in the kingdom, we're to give of ourselves. And he said, freely give of ourselves. Luke 3? Yes. Verse 6. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Wow. It, so, so what he's saying, when all the valleys are low and all the places are in its rightful place, then everybody you encounter to see the spirit of the Lord. They will see God moving through you. And what hinders from them seeing God moving through you is the excuses we make. Hmm. And the Lord said to me, you must deal with you. And he said, and truly look at yourself and examine some of the things that you're doing. And he said, the last thing I want you to do is examine yourself when you're in crisis mode. You know, you're dealing with difficult situations. You're dealing with issues. That's when we begin to try to examine. And when we examine ourselves when we're in these places of crisis, what do we do? We tear ourselves apart. And he's basically saying, I want you to deal with yourself before the crisis mode comes and begin to offload some of these things by basically speaking the change into you and then practicing that change until you get it. Hopefully you guys get it. Practicing the change until you get it. I'm going to do something different and you got to keep practicing it until it becomes something that you automatically do. Amen. That's the same thing when it comes to your ability to hear God. You got to keep practicing it. And the way you practice something is you're going to make mistakes until you get it. But it doesn't mean every time you make a mistake that you're failing, you're making a mistake. And that mistake is going to help you to get better. So you go back and you look at the mistake and you say, oh, I didn't do this, this, this right. So let me try this again until I get it right. And when I finally get it right, then I begin to say, this is what I'm going to stand up. And I think we make a mistake and then we beat ourselves up. We go and we repent from it. And then we never try again. Because that mistake may have hurt us in some fashion or way. But God just keeps saying, get back up again. Get back again. Let's start over. Let's do it again. And I think there's some places that we have started something and we failed and we never got up 
and then we now live in a place of excuse. Oh, that hurt. I can't do that again. That's hurt. And, and we've been living in excuses because we are afraid to deal with the situation in its fullness. But when we deal with the situation in its fullness, we're not in that place of where we're hurting anymore. We're in a place of victory. Amen. And that's what God is trying to push us to a place of victory to where we're truly standing. And we're not always in this place that we're repenting for things over and over and over again. And again, like I said, if you listen to Friday's message, he was saying, don't bring me your sin. Don't constantly come up to me repenting for things that you already know that you should have done something different. He did not hold a bunch of hearts with this message. <laughs> um, there's a question from Alina. Um, how come sometimes we have a hard time loving people when in the past we didn't? What could cause the change in us suddenly? Sometimes it's us. Amen. It's, it's our hurt. Because I recognize if somebody's not operating in a place of love, Somewhere or another, they're not dealing with something that has hurt them. And you got to go back and you got to begin to deal with what's on the inside of you that hinders you from loving others. And that means it could be trauma. It could be something that you experienced that you haven't really set before the Lord to get understanding on. And because you haven't gotten that understanding, you're still in that place. And then other people are being pushed in your direction and guess what you're freezing you're freezing up because you're saying i can't deal with this and sometimes hurt is self-inflicted sometimes we keep going back and doing stuff to ourselves and it, it's we it has nothing to do with the other person it's what expectations we set out there for others and we don't speak to these expectations, they're false expectations. And then when people don't line up in the areas where we expect them to learn, we, we get hurt, okay? And we need to get out of these places putting expectations on people. It should be only God's expectation and not what we put on others. Hopefully that answers your question. Go on a little bit further. Verse 7, uh, and we're in Luke chapter 3, verse 7. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath, war who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Let me stop right there. Because a lot of times he's telling us to bring forth fruits that really shows forth our relationship with him. But we're saying, oh, good Lord, we got you as our father. You cover us. You got us. You know, everything's all right. And, and that's where we live in this place that God got my back. And he got your back, but he still expects you. To change. Still expect you to move in love. Still expect you to honor his body. Still expect you to do what's right by him. There's no excuse. I don't care what you're contending with and what you're waiting on God for. It doesn't give you any right to act up and act out. Yeah. You're still accountable 
to him in that area. And if he requires you to love all men, you're supposed to love all men. You can't pick and choose who you want to love today and who you ain't going to love tomorrow. <laughs> How does the gospel go forward when you got choices out there? And, and I love how John calls us vipers, okay? It's somebody that wants to eat up and destroy everything in sight. And some of us as Christians want to destroy everything in sight. And we have to stop for a moment and really truly assess our words because it said to be slow to speak. And we got to really look at how we're communicating with one another and be gentle and slow and really examine. Should I say that? And if you got to question yourself whether or not you should say something, you shouldn't be saying. But I know how flesh works because I live in flesh. And the only reason why I say I know how flesh works because when I say, should I say that? You know what happens? Bam, it's right there. I'm saying it, okay? I'm saying it. And then I'll say, oh, I heard this. I know I wasn't supposed to say it. And then I'll say it, and then I'll say it again. And then I'll laugh because I said it. And then, you know, it's already out there. Word talks about thinking. And, uh, if you even think it, it's there, okay? So we're accountable for the things in which we say as well as what we think. So again, I know I'm sharing a lot of word, but scripture backs up the words in which I speak. And so it is so important that we hear what he's saying. So we're like, oh my God. So we're sitting in the house and God is basically trying to change us. He's been trying to change us before we got in the house. <laughs> he's now put us in a position that we have no other choice but to listen and he's hoping that once we get outside we go forward and do the works of the ministry instead of being in that place where we're like oh I got an excuse oh they ain't gonna hear they ain't gonna listen you know uh, if they're not listening to you then you gotta change if the people are not listening you gotta really assess how you're serving the word that's on the inside of you Hopefully you guys got that. Yeah, there could be a whole bunch of oohs and an ouch. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh. That's what you're getting Because it's not the people, it's you. And so that's why John is basically telling you how you're operating. He's saying, look at how you're operating. And even in that, He's asking for them correct, but then I love how these particular scriptures that comes forward after this, it's like different sectors of people are coming and he's giving them instructions on what they're supposed to do. And I even say now, God is trying to give us instructions on what we need to do and half of the things that we, we need. One most important thing he said is to do away with your excuses. Hmm. Do away with your excuses. Now, I remember when I used to make excuses. Lord, when, when I read the word out loud, you know, I can't hear, I can't hear what you have to say and read, read the word as well. He said that you get somebody to read the word for you, and then I want you to keep your ears on me. So every word that there's an excuse, God has an answer. But you got to go to God to get the answer. Okay. Well, Lord, this is not work, uh, working. You know, I remember at one point in time, but my husband's not standing up and I think he should be the leader and da, da, da. And the Lord said, but I called you. 
So that was my excuse. Well, I can't get up unless he gets up. And the Lord says, you need to get up even if he never gets up. Mm. And in some cases, you guys are waiting on other people to stand. And God is saying, I'm calling you. You woke up Siri on your phone. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, Siri is about to speak. <laughs> so I praise God. So hopefully you guys hear what I'm saying. Okay, Luke 3, verse 9. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wait a minute. God is saying, wait a minute. If you don't do the pruning, then I'm going to do the pruning. Don't you guys get this? He's literally saying, I'm standing there waiting to knock this stuff down because you won't deal with it. And the way I'm going to bring you through is going to be different from the way you can do it. That's the, oh, oh, Lord, please, no, Lord, I don't want this, Lord, instead of us saying, okay, Lord, let me do this myself. I'd rather do, let me do this myself, Lord, than he comes in and he starts cutting. Okay, I don't know if you guys understand, you start cutting, he, and, and, and there's some areas that's hard within us, and then as he starts chopping, we feel the pain. I, 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 Lord, I prefer that you move on my behalf instead of me moving. I, rather, I prefer that I move instead of you moving. <laughs> and, and that means I'm gonna, I know you're going to be patient if I bring it to you. Yeah. But if he's going to chop it down himself, do you get it? It's going to hurt more. And I think some of us been in this place, Lord, you do the work. And then all of a sudden, as he started chopping, the first thing you say, oh, I can't do with this. And then you run from God and you're sitting along the sidelines. And some of you guys have been sitting along the sidelines for a long time because you can't stand when he's chopping. Then you can work. You get past your excuses. I don't know if I need to stop you for a second. Yeah, we're going to wait. Yes. We're going to walk out to you guys just to reset the time and we'll come right back. Uh, Uber conference, just stay on. Does that make sense to you guys? <laughs> I love the Holy Spirit though, because he was like, in the beginning, he was praying to even be able to handle the questions that's going to come as a result of his messaging questions coming up. Coming up. <laughs> They're like, but how do I? First, did we leave off? Front and now. Back up to Aracely has a similar situation as like Alina. Uh, she was saying, uh, how do you spread the gospel or be kind when the world has become so rude and treat each other with disgust? 
and because anyone can be contaminated. And then there's also, yeah. But you, you already answered uh, through the message. But, but I would say to her, this is the season for us to basically bear down and grow in our word. And then when we come out of the season, we should be on fire for him. He knows that there's limited work we can do at this particular time. And so he understands that. But when we do have the ability to do the work of the Lord, then don't be reluctant. Okay. Awesome. All right, over conference, a couple more minutes and then. And um, you can literally still say the person, as long as you're six feet, we can still talk. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm going to try it just to make sure it works. Gary's <laughs> <laughs> question, Renata, was um, how do we love when the world has become so corrupt? Uh, so, no, Aricelli has a question. How do we question. spread the gospel when people are rude and, and think we're contaminated? <laughs> yeah, so. I said, you can still say, hey, I'm six feet away. Okay, a, a perfect example, I believe I did try it. Uh, Cinnamon and Saya goes outside uh, every day for lunch, Monday through Friday, and they sit on the front yard grass. And my neighbors come up and down the street because they want to exercise. Mm -hmm. And we're six feet away, and I, she had on her mask or whatever the case may be, and I was standing outside with the kids, and I just began to talk to them. You know, I don't think people are, as long as you're distance away from them, I don't think they're not going to say something back if you say something. So I think we have to be open, I mean, willing to open our mouth and speak. You know, uh, I think in the grocery store line, especially, you know, when you're looking at Trader Joe's, you got to build relationships. You know, I, I decided when I was in Costco line, I was building a relationship, talking to somebody. And... I made it a point to, you know, have a conversation with her uh, because guess what? I'm standing with you and standing by you for an hour. I don't know whether or not you have something. So I, I might as well just stand and have a pleasant conversation. And I think that's the opportunity, you know, to speak whatever you need to speak. You know, uh, I think somebody said, you know, play praise and worship music while you're standing in line. You know, that's a perfect opportunity, you know, to get people to actually see. And, and I think, you know, uh, you got these boom boxes or whatever you guys got these loud speakers, you use them at home, take them when you go stand in a line and get other people into a place of worship yourself. Amen. So there's things you can do, but we have to be willing to stand up and do these things, especially if it's a two hour line, you know, uh, do something that's going to benefit somebody around you. All right, so we'll go. The Lord said, get creative. Amen. <laughs> and he says, well, I have brought you into a place of creativity. So get creative. He said, in that place, offer people stuff. You know, you have something to offer. If you're good at sewing, then give them something like a mask or something that you created. And say, hey, here, here's something... Uh, you create it, you know, or if you're good at something, if you got a whole bunch of Bible verses or something like that, write it on a piece of paper, cut it off, hand it to them. Lord said, get creative in your space. Hopefully that helps. That was a question. Now we go back to the message. 
Okay, back to the message. We're in Luke chapter three. Um, we're gonna read verse nine again. It says, and now also the ax is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree therefore which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And, and that means he's bringing it, he's cutting it down. I'll say it like the Holy Spirit says for me to say it. I should deal with you if you choose not. He says, I should deal with all things that hinders you from entering into the kingdom fully. And he says, in the way I deal with you, it depends on what excuses you have before me. And he says, and in some situation, I can be viewed as harsh, but my intent is to bring you through these places. Amen. He says, causing you to walk in complete and total surrender in me. He says, I have your best intention at heart at all times. He says, I'm never seeking to hurt or harm you. He said, but I do not want the enemy to set you up for destruction. He says, so there's times where I have to get your attention and it's not going to be that gentle push. And he said, and, 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 it, and it may hurt. He said, but my love for you doesn't change. He says, I'm still your Lord. You're still pleasing to me. But I have to remove it. He told me to, to remind you, you know, for those of you who have children, are you going to allow a child to continue to be disobedient? Eventually, you have to do things that will hurt that child to get them to be in obedience. And he says, and the same thing with you. He says, sometimes I have to take things from you to get your attention. Wow. Do you guys get that too? And so in understanding this, you must understand the things that God is saying. He said, not only take things from you, he said, but I have to hold things back too. Yes. But I give you the ability to come before me and let's work on the changes together before I move to bring about the change. It's like, you know, <laughs> I'll tell a lot of times when Cinnamon and Saya or even Carrie has had issues. I said, I can either decide the punishment, meaning me be the punishment, me issue the punishment, or you can issue your own punishment. And that's what you normally tell a child. I can make the punishment, or you issue the punishment. What do you think I should take away from you? 
and a kid will offer up more than a parent will. I don't know if you realize when you do the uh, exchange yourself. So when I used to say, I can either do the punishment or you do the punishment. I said, so what do you think uh, I should take away? Oh, you can take away this, take away that. And then you sit back and they offering all this stuff and you're like, oh, I believe you took all that stuff. Keep telling me more. And so we tend to offer more up when we basically ask for the change. And that's what God is basically saying. We tend to offer more. So that's why he wants us to do the lifting. Because we tend to sacrifice more in that place than when he comes and takes it himself. And, and if you ever are a parent, you understand that to be true. You offer up more as a child. And even if you ever dealt with a discipline, you, you tell the parent, like, oh, go, go take this from me. Take that from me, okay? Can I still go outside? Okay, you can take this, you can take that, you can take all this other stuff. Because only one thing becomes valuable to you. As long as I can still do this, all this other stuff don't matter. And, and that's what God's trying to get us to that place. Luke 3, verse 10. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answered and said unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Then came also publicans. So he said, What should we do? So he's telling them to offer up the things they have. God is telling us to offer up what we have. And, and what he's saying, surrender your excuses. I'll say it the way he says it to me. In this place, I look for you. I look for you to surrender. But as you surrender, Surrender the things that you do that's valuable. And trust me to make it even more valuable when I return it to you. Amen. Amen. You guys got that? Mm. So you deem it to be valuable. Surrender it. And he's going to cause it to be of even greater value when he gives it back. Amen. <laughs> Example joke, yeah. but this is better. Okay, and I think that's where we're missing it. We're not surrendering it because we think it's valuable. But he's saying, "But I'm gonna give it back to you," and that's. But he's gonna give it back. But he's going to refine it. He's going to make it and cause it to be much greater than what it was when you surrendered it. <laughs> he said, "For what I offer is priceless." Yes. compared to what you're offering me. Yes. Hopefully yes. you're getting this. Hopefully you're understanding. So if I surrender my anger, he gives me back something in replace of anger, which is much greater than anything I can imagine. Imagine having the ability to never be moved by people. Wow, that's much greater than to constantly be in that place where you're moved. 
Imagine him taking worry and you have peace that surpasses your understanding at all times. Imagine never having to be afraid again. See what he gives you in exchange for the stuff that you surrender is much greater. He said, imagine even in the areas where you're, you're having financial difficulties, when you just surrender your opinion and everything concerning that to him, imagine you're never in a place that you have to worry about finances again. He becomes your full resource. He said, that's what I'm offering you. I'm trying to become your full resource in every aspect of your life. And he just said, will you exchange your excuses and allow me to step in and be your resource? And you would sit back and say, but Lord, do you have provision in this area, that area? He said, I have it all. But he said, in the place that you allow me with to be your resource, you gotta surrender your excuses. He said, but not only your excuses, you gotta trust me. And you gotta surrender your fear. Believing that I am Lord. And listening to my every instruction as I provide in the places that you are in need of. Get me, hear me, know that I am speaking directly to you at this point, my children. I am thy Lord. And I am crying out to you this day for change. Hear me. Yield to my words as I move upon your heart this day. Luke 3, verse 12. Then came also publicans to be baptized and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, Exact no more than that which is appointed you. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him saying, and what shall we do? And he said unto them, do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely and be content with your wages. And as the people were in expectation and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of his shoes I am not worthy to unloose. I'm stopping right there. I love, as John is giving out the instructions, they're looking at John to be the Christ. And sometimes we look at other people to be the Christ, and we have to truly look at Christ himself. Stop exalting people and truly begin to build your relationship with Christ himself. Amen. I don't have the answers. Christ has the answer. I'm just a vessel that's basically relaying information. And so I'm in the same position as you are. So as the word that 
something out of me, I'm required to yield to the same word as well. So I can't say, oh, I got this. I only can say, oh, this is what I hear. And this is what he's telling me that we must do. So the words that comes out of me is for me too. But I know it's my Lord that's speaking to me that's asking me to change. And so in this place, find his voice. Yes. Behind where he stands in you. And begin to surrender your excuses. And as you surrender your excuses, he'll be able to move mightily on the inside of you. So I'll lean to him now and say, okay, Lord, what else do I say? He says, I have not forsaken my people. But I'm calling them to a place of maturity. Where I am, they shall be also. And he's just simply saying to me to say to you guys, be not afraid. But walk fully into the place that I have designed for you to stand in. Be not afraid, but walk boldly into the place that I have designed for you to stand in. I have provision in my hands. Come, will you come? Will you come into the resting place that I have prepared for you? Will you come for my provision shall keep you? And my ways are not harsh, but my desire is to protect you. For I love you so. In your minds. And I will do anything for my own. But it starts with you. You must allow me in. And you must allow me into the deep and dark areas of your heart. And he just says, I promise you I won't hurt you. He said, but my desire is to complete you and me. Hear my cry and yield to the call. And then I hear the simple Lord behind it. Is there more to that scripture? Uh, when you stop at verse 16, um, here, uh, let's keep that number going to 23, right? Okay, so Luke 3. 16 the second part of the verse says he shall baptize you with the holy ghost and with fire verse 17 whose fan is in his hand 
and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, being reproved by him for Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, added yet this above all, that he shut up John in prison. And I, I love this particular part because you see, John is just trying to help Herod change. And Herod just gets upset and what do he do? He takes the man's life instead. But he knows Herod within his heart of hearts that what John is speaking is correct. But if you really understand the story of Herod, Herod was trying to please people. Even though Herod was convicted of his sin, his main purpose was just to please the people around him. He never wanted to put him to death, but because of what was there, and he didn't want his word to turn void and make him look like he was the coward among the rest of the people, he had no other choice but to go forward with what his wife said. And, and, and sometimes we live in that place where we're trying to please everybody else, and God is saying, will you please me? He says, say that again. Will you please me? He said, let's forget about where other people stand. Look at where you stand with me. Will you please me? And I think sometimes we get into that position where here it is. We do things to other people uh, because we care about what others think of us. We got to start caring about what our Lord thinks of us because the end state is we're going to be living in a place where he is when we go home. And none of these people are going to be there. Hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Luke 3.21 now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, thou art my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. And what he's literally saying, oh, it's Jesus. Let's hear our Lord this day and let's come into a place of surrender that his word may go forward in all of us as he has spoken forth from the beginning. Lord, even now, I have done what you have asked me to do. I have served your word to your people and only you know what your people were going to do with this word. But even now, I ask that even as the word has been served, I ask that this word becomes something that is activated on the inside of them. And that during this time of shutting in, 
they begin to really examine themselves and seek you for the provision that you have spoken forth in this word. And everything that they present to you, Lord, I ask that you bless it abundantly and that you multiply the return to where it's overflowing, not only in their lives, but everyone sees the change. And they desire the relationship in which these people have with you. And I, even as a desire, I pray that the word that comes forth out of this is sown into good ground and it brings a harvest that is plentiful. And we all see it in this lifetime in Christ Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And so we're at the end of our service. Uh, we're going to close this portion out uh, of our. And if anyone wants prayer, we're going to open it up separately. This is not something that we're going to be streaming. Uh, we're just going to make sure for your privacy that you can ask your questions and we can enter into prayer. So the conference line number is 401. Um, sorry, I lost it. Okay, it's 401-283-5295. Uh, PIN number is 63841. Uh, if you receive our newsletter, it should be there on your email. And then Uber Conference, I'm going to unmute you. If you have any question, you can type in the chat. And then uh, the YouTube uh, stream, we're going to end our streaming there because this is going to go through prayer and question and answer. So I'll, thank you. So I'm open to whatever you guys have to say. Anything to say about tomorrow? If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.